What is up, everybody? It is Wednesday. That means it's time for The Wire. September 15th, the NFL season is here, and we are going to cover it exclusively. We got to talk about something that happened with the Super Bowl champions. We got to talk about something that happened with the AFC champions. We got to talk about uh, something that's been talked about on The Wire, and I think Matt Stafford uh, conversation might, might happen, even though we can't talk about him yet. It's so much more. The Wire starts right now. Fellas, we had one hell of a weekend in football. Uh, you know, we, we've only got a time for like four stories, and it was almost impossible to pick four games <laughs> to talk about. But uh, real quick, how's everybody doing? I'm doing great. Solid, man. Solid. Ready, man. Football time. Oh, yes. Absolutely. We will uh, be giving our updates on the fantasy football that's going on uh, between the cast here towards the end of the show. So make sure you stick around for that. Thank you for tuning in on Spotify. Thank you for tuning in to our new Facebook and YouTube. Make sure you're hitting that like, subscribe, and notification bell. Let's get started with the, you know, best place to start, the beginning of the season. Now, the defending Super Bowl champion Buccaneers hosted the American team, you know, Dallas Cowboys. We talked about it pretty, pretty extensively last week. Um, and this was the opener to the 21-22 season. Now, what we expected to see was Tom Brady, accompanied by the complete starting roster of the Super Bowl, uh, return. What I don't think anyone expected was for the Dallas Cowboys to show up and play the way they did. And if, if, I'm, if I'm wrong, please correct me on your take. Um, but I do have some stats to go through and then we can dive in. Uh, first and foremost, Tom Brady, we're not going to shame him. I, I promised Trey, even though I was going nuts and I was hoping he would lose. <laughs> He's not going to shame him. He did throw two interceptions, but he still had, uh, he was 32 for 50, 379 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, Dak Prescott on the other side of the ball, 42 for 58, 403 yards and three touchdowns with an interception. Uh, Zeke ran for 33 yards, and I don't have a touchdown for him. And we can unpack some of these other stats as we go along. Guys, I, I'm itching to know what everyone is making of this game, because I was losing it. <laughs> and I was so afraid to live in Dallas, because if, if Dallas was going to win, I was going to have to find shelter. I thought the town was going to catch on fire. Let's start with the Tampa Bay loyal sahi uh what surprised you most about this game you want me to be honest with you nothing surprised me about this game um i know my team and i knew we were going to win this game no matter how it came down to the the that last second the cowboys going up now that surprised me i thought a defense will hold up in the last few seconds but in, in the end, when they left a minute and a half on the clock, I knew we were going to win the 
game. You mentioned uh, Tom Brady had two interceptions. Let's clear it up. One of them was on a Hail Mary at the end of the half. And the other one was right to the guy, bounced right off his hands. Um, so those those interceptions, it's not like Tom Brady was trying to sling it somewhere and then DB just stepped right in front, got a beautiful interception. That didn't happen. But the, the Cowboys did exactly what I thought the Cowboys would do, play great offensively. Um, Dak Prescott is amazing out there. Um, he's got a load of weapons, like I said before previously. Um, their offense is rearing and ready to go. I might have said it was going to be a closer game than people realized last time we talked about it. Um, but it, it, it just showed me that it's true that they say that the good teams always win the close games. We turn the ball over three times. And when you turn the ball over three times since the merger, the, the modern day merger of what the NFL is today, out of 34 tries, that team has only won three of those that turned the ball over three times. So that's like, uh, I think they said like an 8% chance. So trying to win against 90% odds is tough to do, but you can do it when you're great. So that's, that's what this week proved to me as far as the Buccaneers. Trey, uh, do, do you fall right in line with Sahi? Is this, is this you know, the, the Buccaneers really just playing against some of their their mistakes or was were you surprised by Dallas at all? Uh, uh, I think I was surprised by Dallas. There were a couple of things from this game. I didn't think, I thought the Buccaneers defense would be a lot better, but I didn't expect the Cowboys offense to play the way, as I expected them to play good, but I didn't expect them to play good the way that they played it. They were very pass heavy. I thought that this was going to be a breakout year for, uh, for Zeke. And I also didn't expect Dallas's defense to be as good as it was. I knew they were going to be better than last year. I mean, that's not saying much, but they were extremely improved from last year. Um, if this is of a sign of things to come, I think uh, all the all in all, I was. I thought it told us a lot about the changes that the teams have made, including uh, Tampa Bay. Um, I thought Tom Pe- Tom Brady was a little more uh, more of a risk taker um, this uh, that last game, and I feel like the improved Dallas defense was able to capitalize, which I wasn't expecting. So, all in all, it was a very it wasn't exactly what I was expecting, but it was exactly what I expect what I was expecting, but not, not the way I was expecting it. Well said, well said. Well, fellas, I'm happy to announce we have another take to add to the mix. That's right. Marvin Scott is in the house. We're in the home where he belongs on the wire. Marvin, uh, we're going to we're gonna pass it to Richie, and then you're following up. We are breaking down uh, what was the most surprising factors of the, the season opener. We're right on the first story. Dallas giving the Super Bowl champs run for their money. Richie, I've heard, I've heard you break down this matchup before the game. I'm interested to see... What was what surprised you most about the game itself? Um, truthfully, I wouldn't say anything surprised me, and here's why: the defense of Tampa Bay. Everyone's talking about, you know, oh well, they're all twelve starters are back, and this and the other. Well, the bottom line is, it's it's game one, right? It's one thing to be in game shape, so to speak, versus this, and we're going to be talking about some other defenses and things like that. So we're not going to talk about Pittsburgh and LA and things like that right now. They didn't run into the Dallas Cowboys. 
Let's be very clear here. Dallas has an incredible offense. We've already covered that. Uh, but it's what I expected. It's it's Dinkin and Dakin, Dak Prescott, right? He always throws. We talked about it. He could have nobody and he'll throw 5,000 yards or he could have some of the best you know, offensive talents in the league. And he's got 5,000 yards. Um, Amari Cooper has claimed he is the best wide receiver in football, right? We talked about that a couple weeks ago. So uh, Amari put up a big game. So, you know, bottom line is Dallas uh, – did as best as they could to win that game and they still couldn't come up with it. I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm just being honest though. As week in and week out goes for Tampa, their defense is going to get back into that Super Bowl form, period. We already know their offense is totally fine. Again, Brady had two interceptions. One, as we discussed, doesn't really count. So he's four and one. He out threw Dak in terms of distance and more first downs. So he wasn't as the percent again because he's not dinking and doing the west coast offense you know his percentage is going to be lower and that's just a reality when you throw let me let me throw some stats real quick okay tom brady one over 40 six over 20 okay and he had a 47 yarder 44 percent of his passes went for first downs okay so he he was throwing longer balls they were trying to attack in the air and they really did. And, and you know, the only thing I'm disappointed in, and I mentioned this to Justin privately, is that I didn't start Antonio Brown. I knew that mother effort was gonna, that's why I drafted him early. I knew he was gonna do well and I screwed up. You know, Mike Evans didn't get his catches and we can talk about, you know, Mike had less and as uh, Trey mentioned, Ezekiel had less than performance, but it's going to happen. Somebody's going to get left out when you have all these weapons. You can't rob if Ron Gronkowski gets 100 yards. Mike Evans can't get it, and Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown. That's just reality. Mike got the short end of the stick. He's still going to get a thousand yards. This is an incredible team. Dallas can score, but can they play defense? That's what we'll see. You know, I'm not so impressed that I think Dallas is going to do amazing, but it was a hell of an opener. It was probably my favorite game of the week, to be honest, outside of one we're going to talk about by the end of the show. And I was looking forward to it. You know, Tampa Bay did great. Dallas showed us they're gonna they're gonna score a lot. So fantasy people, grab grab your Dallas Cowboys unless you're Trey right now because Ezekiel Elliott. Man, if I'm Trey, I'm pissed. I think it's three point four points. Man, poor Trey, man. Trey just catching all kinds of L's. Aaron Rodgers gave him three points. I'm not gonna shit talk Trey the whole <laughs> one <tonight>. point from <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. One. Uh, yeah. yeah. No. You know, I'm, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to do this to Trey, but I, I got I gotta put it out there. AJ Green. Ezekiel Elliott and Aaron Rodgers gave him nothing. Nothing. Yeah. And Kittle, Kittle gave him nothing. He got nothing. Poor Trey this week, man. He was take he was it was painful to watch. I was just looking at it. I was like, ooh. Don't worry. Marvin, we're, we're gonna we're gonna give you the full uh rundown <laughs> of what happened in our fantasy uh league at the end of the episode. So please stay tuned to the end. Marvin Scott has joined us in the house. Marvin, we're Yo. talking about the Cowboys. And the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers, what, if anything, surprised you about this matchup? On how healthy Dak Prescott was uh, going into the game, I really, you really didn't know if he was going to be one hundred percent, you know, because we had heard about the shoulder all summer and obviously him recovering from the ankle, but we didn't know how good he was going to look going into this game. I thought he looked really good. I, you couldn't tell. If he had an injury or not, I felt like he was really going through all his regressions, getting the ball out of the pocket as fast as fast as he could, connecting with Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb. I mean, he looked like he didn't miss a beat. So that was 
that was kind of surprising to see. But I thought that Dallas's defense would be a little better than what it was last year. I mean, granted, they got Michael Parsons, but they got some issues in their secondary. I mean, Antonio Brown is not... They're making him look like prime Antonio Brown. And that's actually good to see. But, I mean, is this sign to come for Dallas's secondary all year? You know, it's the second 17 game season. And can they improve, you know, their defense along to go on with their high powered offense? I mean, we'll see. But that was uh, one of the biggest takeaways from the game. And just to see Tom Brady just pick up where he left off, that's, that wasn't surprising at all. I mean, he's got an array of weapons. It was shocking. Going to see Mike Evans not get as much, you know, they get many targets that game. But uh, you know, it's, it's it's one it's it's one week, and we'll see uh, if Dallas can maintain um, you know their offense, you know, but their defense got to pick it up. Marvin, forever the king of segways, and we're right back to you with this with this uh, follow up question. Do we think now that the Cowboys? have taken the Super Bowl champs all the way down to the wire. I've been waiting to make that pun for a long time. Pun intended, 100%. Um, <laughs> do we think that changes the the scope of the, the season? You know, like, I don't think, I think last week, majorly, people were saying we, we could maybe see them in the playoffs. They could probably be, you know, dominate the division because it's so bad. Um, do you think they could be a playoff threat in addition to that, having seen them show up against the champs? I think so, because the NFC least is, <laughs> I mean, that division is it's not very good. I mean, you got the Giants that, I mean, they're not that good. You got the Eagles that they're good out, and against the Falcons, they're not that good. Um, Dallas has a chance of being a contender, but they got to feed Zeke. You got to give them the ball. Like, that's, that's just part of their game plan. I mean, you have to give Zeke Elliott the ball. They have to trust. I mean, granted, they were going up against a Buccaneers defense, but I think that they, they've got the talent, the potential for sure, to change the landscape of the NFC. You know, I think that they could challenge the Bucs, but they got to they gotta perform on, like, all cylinders, like, in order to beat the Bucks. Bucks are a well-oiled machine. They got, granted, you know, some injuries on defense in this week one, but I think that if they can stay healthy, they give Zeke the ball, they got a chance to not only win a division, but at least, you know, try to contend for the NFC Championship game. They got to win a playoff game first, my friend. <laughs> I, think it's po- I think it's possible. Well, I think it's possible. Uh, did you say a preseason? Don't I don't want to misquote you. Did you say you you thought that they'd split the season nine and eight or something like that? Is that where you had the Cowboys? Yes. What I what I said was the seventeenth game pisses me off because realistically they're the they're the they're the epitome of mediocrity. They they remind me of the Cincinnati Bengals in the two thousand series where one year they do great, another year they have a losing record, and then they go to like eight and eight. They, they always have. No, let me be clear when I say mediocrity. It's not that their talent is mediocre. It's that they just don't, they crumble under pressure and they lose games they should win. It's, and that's the difference between the winning teams and the losing teams. The winners win, like he said, winners win the tight games. And the Cowboys always lose the tight games. This was no different. Uh, and what I said was I anticipate them being, I think it was like nine and eight. I think they're going to get one more positive win than loss, realistically. And can they win their their division? Sure. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is out six to eight weeks. That's a big part of it. 
uh, because to me, Washington football team is the only other team in their little conference that they, they you know, that's actually a threat. Um, I don't think, you know, I'm not hating on Jalen Hurts, but come on. Like, we'll have to see. When Devonta Smith's your best wide receiver, you know, we'll see. The kid's great. He had a great game. But, uh, yeah, they can easily win this, especially with Fitzpatrick out for eight weeks, six to eight weeks. But they still got to win a playoff game. There's much more talent that we'll talk about later. The entire NFC West, a bunch of studs and killers. So it's, it's we'll see. They, they played well. They have the potential, but they are the Dallas Cowboys for a reason, my friend. Trey, uh, he mentioned the killers in the West, but some would argue the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are some killers, and that was awfully close. What do you think? Do you think the, the Cowboys could be a threat in the playoffs? It's the only thing right now. I'm not sure if the game that they played was hype off of them being off hard knocks and just being uh, having Dak back. I'm not sure how hurt Dak actually was. I think it was a hoax. Honestly, um, I'm not sure. And honestly, I don't know if if they were just hype, and I don't because they're playing the Super Bowl champion. I don't know if this is actually how they're going to start from here and progress further. Because if they're starting at using this game as a baseline and then just building off this, which is what you would kind of expect from a team to do, then I think that they're going to be fine. I think that they will be a team to reckon with in the playoffs if we're just looking at this one game sample size. I think they did some really good things on defense and offense. I do think that they need to get uh, Zeke in in the game, but it's really too early to tell from this one game. But I hold my reservations until more information is presented. Fair enough, fair enough. Last take on this on the season opener. Sahi, last week you said specifically that you thought it was a good setup. It was last week or two weeks ago that they, they get the Super Bowl champions off the rip, and then week 11, they've got a mile marker in the AFC champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. Do you hold that up? Do you think they've got the makings of a playoff threat? Well, check this out. Before Dak was hurt last year, they was the number one offense. So with Dak, they just got stronger. Um, they're a team that's going to dominate the... Now, this is just a reaction off week one, so things are subject to temp change, of course. But based off their week one performance, they're going to dominate the NFC East. <clears throat> the, the, the Washington football team, they don't have a quarterback. The Giants, what's going on up there? Does anybody even know? Um, what's the what's the other team in their division? Uh, the Eagles. The Eagles, you know what I'm saying? They they might have something, but I don't think they have it yet. So they're going to dominate this division. They're going to get into the playoffs as that number four seed, um, and they're going to, you know what I'm saying? Do what they do in the playoffs. Granted, they don't play us. You know what I'm saying? Then it's going to come to an early end. But they see these other. They see. They see maybe a Seattle in a uh, wild card game. Maybe they see somebody like I don't know the Cardinals or something. Somebody out of the NFC West because there's three teams out of that division that's going to the playoffs this year. You can you can book that. So that maybe they'll see an NFC West team and maybe they can squeak by them. Those teams have great pass rushers and great defenses, except the the Seahawks. But 
That's the team I see. If they match up with the, I'll just say, if they match up with the Seahawks in the playoffs, I'll make that prediction. The Cowboys are moving on. And then we'll go from there. Man, he had to throw that that Tampa Bay jab. I'm not even ready for playoff season. I I know we're making predictions, but I'm still recovering from that rude kick while they're down to Kansas City last year. Uh, Let's move on. That was not the only surprise that the NFL had in store for fans this weekend. Um, There were many games that were just as wild as the opener. Uh, While Cowboys were giving Tampa Bay a run for their money, a hurricane completely displaced Jameis Winston and the Saints to Jacksonville. Um, They met the reigning MVP and Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and put the hurt on them. Good God, the final score was New Orleans 38, Green Bay 3. Gosh, I don't even want to get into the stats, but let's take a look. Um, Okay, I'm just going to go Jameis Winston, 14 for 20, 148 yards, 5 touchdowns. And uh, (laughs) Trey, just don't quit the podcast. Aaron Rodgers was 15 for 28 and 133 yards, 2 interceptions. That's all the stats I have for you uh, when it comes to the reigning MVP. Guys, um, do now, first of all, due to the inclement conditions, New Orleans had to cancel their last preseason game. Uh, they've been practicing in the Dallas area. Um, and then they had to have their opening game in Florida, I think at the Jacksonville Stadium, if I'm not mistaken. Um Odds are kind of stacked against them. They're a fantastic team, don't get me wrong. But when you've got that much going on leading into the opener, you expect some kind of break in focus. Uh, Apparently, that's not what we got here. What do we make of the New Orleans Saints? I mean, uh, I think we are at Sahi and heading back down the the roster here. Sahi, what do you make of the Saints? The Saints. Mm, The Saints. I want to attack this from a fan's perspective. Because they're in my division. So they're a team I don't want to heap too much praise on. And they got my former quarterback, just Jameis Winston, who looked absolutely phenomenal. So the proof is in the pudding. I don't have to talk about how good the New Orleans Saints looked, all right? They looked freaking amazing, and Jameis was out there slinging at them. But I don't think that's the reason why they did so hot this week. I think they matched up against a team that had a guy leading them that just did not give a damn. You know what I'm saying? He did not care one bit. He played like he didn't want to be out there. He was just throwing interceptions, not getting first downs, not making checks at the line, just lining up and just hut. All right. You know what I'm saying? You, you, that wasn't Aaron Rodgers out there. That was the dude that did the discount double check back in the day. He lost some weight and then put put on the, the uniform and passed for Rodgers. <laughs> I don't know who that was. And you said it in the, the stat line. Jameis Winston threw for, what, 148 yards? Five hey, come on, man. The five TDs, sure, sure. But that just telling me sure. that you're, yeah, that you're constantly getting the ball with a short field. So you're not you're not starting back at, uh, you know what I'm saying? In your in, in your own territory, trying to march it down the field. You're getting turnovers. You're getting bad punts. 
you're getting turnover on downs and the 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 Packers are just laying it up to you. Like that five touchdown before I started Jameis Winston in one of my leagues. I didn't have a quarterback and Jameis Winston was my only option and he came through. So like I said, not too much slander on his name for this week. Just, you know what I'm saying? But I think they got a layup this week. They're, we, we're waiting to see the test on New Orleans to see who they really are. This could be just a costume. Man, Trey, there, he said no slander, but that feels like a cover-up. I feel like there was some slander <laughs> in those words. Is Sahi hating because that's his division? I mean, that's my division too. And I didn't want to see it either, but I give credit where credit is due. I mean, the biggest thing about Jameis was he throws the ball away. He ain't throw the ball away. He throwing nothing but strikes. That was it. I didn't want to see that. You know, I mean, I, I think that the, well, I think Colin Coward said it best today. The sin summer come through the harvest in the fall and in the winter. And that's what happened. They had so much turmoil with Aaron Rodgers. They couldn't even focus on football. And now look where they are now. I mean, and that's pretty much all they to say about the game. I mean, Jameis Winston didn't turn the ball over. Uh, we know he could throw for 5,000 yards if he has to. He just didn't have to. Richie, are we are we gonna see a trend? Is everybody agreeing again? Is this a kumbaya? Is this all just because Green Bay didn't show up, or are the Saints something special this year? I mean, I'm not agreeing, but who gives a shit? This game doesn't mean anything. Jameis Winston threw a touchdown every three passes. As to Sahi's point, it's because of a short field. You know, whoop de friggin' do. Jameis Winston finally didn't throw an interception. Who cares? Green Bay didn't give a shit. Look, Aaron Jones, five carries for nine yards. He, he didn't come to play. A.J. Dillon, same thing, four for 19. We don't even need to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Here's the only stat you need to know. If, if a quarterback threw it into the dirt every single play, he'd have a 39.6. Aaron Rodgers had a 32.8. That means he did worse than if he just threw it into the ground every single play, okay? There's really not anything to digest here because of that on the Packers side, right? So we don't know anything about the Packers other than they weren't ready to play. And that's on the coach. We can sit there and shit talk Aaron Rodgers. No, the whole team did not come to play. And that was pitiful. What I think it was is they were just so excited. And, you know, oh, you know, New Orleans is, you know, in a weird position. This is going to be an easy game. And they just walked in there thinking they're going to win. And they certainly didn't win. Um, whether the Saints are for real or not, you know, I've always been, I'm not a huge Sean Payton fan, quite frankly. I've always thought he's overrated as a head coach, personally. Um, and this will be his year, kind of like, you know, for some people, how they viewed with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. Maybe they, he can prove me wrong, but I've always thought he's kind of a mediocre coach. Uh, maybe maybe I'll be wrong this year, but it's Jameis Winston. He's going to throw for 5,000 yards. He's going to throw for 30 touchdowns, and he's going to throw for 30 interceptions. That's my prediction. <laughs> Alvin Kamara will have a fantastic year, and if they do well, it's because Alvin Kamara is a stud. It will have nothing to do with Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill or any of these things. I don't believe they're a playoff team. I still think Green Bay is the favorite in that division. Or not Green Bay, uh, Tampa Bay, obviously. Wow, I don't know why I said that. Uh, and I, I think the NFC West teams are going to clear the wild cards. You know, the, the only team, and we'll talk about it, that I don't think is going to make it is San Francisco, even though they're a great team. And I'll get to that later. Marvin, I, 
you you're welcome to answer the question but I, I, if you agree then you don't have to i saved a special question for you because i know you've said on the wire you you've abandoned your fandom of uh green bay <laughs> it was a breakup that, that was live on the air but i <laughs> I, I do want to talk about aaron Rodgers. i'm not necessarily his gameplay like richie alluded to you can't really say much about what what his gameplay but after all the mumbo jumbo and what i call it last week soap opera going on in wisconsin in the off season um and now everything that we talked about last week with more contracts being you know favored over others can, do you completely uh reward this loss to them being distracted or can i maybe pull on sahi's ear uh and say that maybe they're just purposefully not playing what do you think Marvin? um i would say they were distracted I, a lot happened over the summer with aaron Rodgers, and that's hard to say it wasn't a distraction i mean the way he went into this game I mean, just the uncharacteristic interception, the interceptions, the desperation throws. Like, there's just stuff you don't see Aaron Rodgers do, you know? Like, I, I, I announced my breakup with the team on the show, but, you know, performances like that just proved, you know, just proved me, you know, it's proved me right, <laughs> you know? Like, they just came out, they laid an A. Nobody showed up to play, like Richie said. I mean, you can blame Matt LaFleur all you want to, but it falls on Aaron Rodgers. You know, this if you are really saying this is the last dance, I mean, this is an awful performance. I mean, even though it, it, it's it's week one, it's week one, I, I think that there's a lot of calls for overreaction, and I can see that because they only hung up three points. I mean, none, all fantasy owners are mad. If you drafted Devontae Adams in the first round, you're pissed off. Drafted Aaron Jones, you're pissed off. I know, I got him. <laughs> Trey, I feel your pain, man. But, you know, they'll be okay. I think that, you know, the Saints, this is fluky. You know, Jameis Winston, like, you know, Richie said, I mean, inside he said, you know, 178 yards. I mean, he wasn't working with anything. He wasn't marching down the field. He was just working with, uh, you know, you know, great time with great time of possession and, you know, great field position, you know, but I don't think that's sustainable over a whole year. I mean, Alma Kamara is the focus of their offense. Um, Outside of that, you don't have Mike Thomas. So going into week one, going into week two and and so on, teams are going to be prepared for Jameis Winston. You know, they're not going to, teams are more better prepared going into week two and three because teams can settle in. They got, you know, they can scout, you know, the tapes. And I mean, Jameis Winston, you gotta, you know, you gotta give credit where credit's due. He played a great game, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's sustainable over time. And I think the Packers will fix what they need to fix. You know, they'll get everything together, uh, offensive, defense. It's week one, the 17 game season. So, you know, next week is pretty much like the start of the season. You know, so maybe Green Bay is. They, they laid an egg, you know, they didn't, they didn't want to play in Jacksonville. <laughs> Clearly, they didn't want to play there. So we'll see what they do with, you know, with their home games. All right, before I slide into uh, the, the first half plugs, does anybody want to give me a hear here on the conspiracy? Does anybody think that maybe Aaron Rodgers isn't getting his way and he's pulling some more, more bull crap? Anybody? Nobody I disagree with that. He, he is getting his he, way. He got his way. He got his way. He got Randall Cobb for crying out loud. Randall Cobb for no yeah. reason. <laughs> but instead of, you know, 
instead of training like he should have been, he was on Jeopardy, giving the team a big F you, you know what I mean? Trying to tell, you know, going back and forth with the team, not concentrating on, he thought he could just wing it and it would be okay, just like normal. And then he ran up against a situation where he couldn't. And I think that, honestly, I think Jameis' situation uh, was helped by that. But at the same time, like, you're in the NL, you got to bring it. And he didn't. Uh, I feel like he was just like, y'all should have listened to me from the jump. Now this is what y'all get. <laughs> this, this is what y'all get. This is what, this is what y'all your get. Feet. I said I wanted to leave. He's in cahoots with Kevin Durant and <laughs> Um, I'll run this right, team folks. into the ground. <laughs> You're listening and watching The Wire. Yes, we have a new home on Facebook and YouTube. Look up The Wire Sports Podcast. Hit like, hit follow. We have giveaways coming up, folks. So if we can get our Spotify up to 200 listeners, then we are going to do a big giveaway and then an even bigger giveaway at 500. So go to Spotify, hit that like, that notification bell. If you don't have Spotify for an Apple user, we are an Apple podcast. We are going to count you in the statistic. All you have to do is leave a review and tell us that you did so, uh, and that you liked and that you followed. That, that'll that get you into the drawing. Once we're at 200, we're going to give away something awesome. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, we got to talk more about the NFL season opener, and we're going to touch base on how everybody did in their first week of fantasy football. You're listening to The Wire. We'll be right back. The H2G Podcast returns Friday, October 1st, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tune in for an all-new H2G Podcast. That's right, folks. The H2G Podcast is back with a whole new face on October 1st. Do not miss it because we are going back to our roots, covering the stories that you care about, the stories that we are passionate about, and we are so excited to bring them to you. Uh, the H2G podcast is on Fridays at 7, starting October 1st, baby. Okay, we're back to the wire. Let's talk some football. Um, I hope you also went and liked and subscribed and got in, into this drawing because I can't wait to send these prizes out. Guys, we've been talking about likely Super Bowl contenders for weeks now. Two names have been thrown around, but certainly above the rest, we've had Tampa Bay and the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, while many people would love to see the Super Bowl rematch, don't, don't get me wrong, I know that's true. Um, just like Dallas, the Cleveland Browns made it well known this Sunday that their name should also be in the conversation. Sorry, Marvin. Uh, <laughs> the final score was Kansas City 33-29, to but yet again, we had another close game, and I didn't think Kansas City was going to do it. Uh, not as close, but let's jump into the stats real quick, and then we'll go around the horn. Patrick Mahomes did his thing, 27 for 36, 337 yards and three touchdowns. Baker Mayfield was 21 for 28, 321 yards and an interception, uh, no touchdowns for Baker. Nick Chubb, thank you, my friend, got 83 yards and two touchdowns. I appreciate the points. Um, fellas, let's dive into this. First and foremost, I'd, I'd like to, we got a new order, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch up the order. Richie. First and foremost, let's just break down the game. What sticks out most to you about this contest between the AFC champs and the Cleveland Browns? What sticks out most? Ooh, that's a good question, man. Um, here's what I'll say. Kudos to Cleveland, man. I mean, we talk about at the end of the day, you know, that they choked, like we talk about with Dallas, and it's the same concept with Dallas, is that they're a perennial opportunity right now 
to to shake things up and they, they have an opportunity to be in the Super Bowl possibly just like Dallas and they have the same albatross on their neck which is they're talented but they always tend to just not make it to the Browns um, but they I would say not that Kansas City you know won or lost the game and Cleveland this that, and the other it's that it was competitive across the board Cleveland was doing what they needed to do the win and then you know what are you gonna do when you have that ridiculous Patrick Mahomes play? I think most of the fellas already know what I'm talking about. And for you at home, I'm referring to when he ran to the right and just chucked it dead left to Tyreek Hill. And after the game basically said, I saw his little glove and threw it, you know? And Tyreek Hill did Tyreek Hill things realistically, you know? When Tyreek Hill gets a 70 yard bullcrap pass that, you know, you basically, your coach tells you not to throw, but because it's Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, it worked. You know, Cleveland shouldn't feel too bad, but, you know, that that's a big part of it. And, you know, Baker at the end, obviously, through the pick. And we can, we can, there's, there's a lot of things that led to this game, but it was competitive. And, you know, I would say just like Dallas in the sense of it's like one of those um, moral victories, I suppose, where like we had the opportunity and we snatched like loss in the jaws of victory instead of, you know, victory in the hands of defeat. Um, Cleveland, clearly is competitive and to to at least put the AFC champs on their back like that in game one, you know, no Odell Beckham Jr. at all. Who knows, man? You know, like I'll say it's promising, but just like Dallas, they still got to show it to me. I have a little more faith in them than Dallas between the two counterpoints. And uh, they, they they had a solid outing. They look like the team I expected, which is that running team, their defense played pretty damn good against probably the best offense in football. I guess you can argue Tampa Bay. We'll get into that later at another point, but good game. Uh, Cleveland, you know, moral victory, but you got a lot of work to do because Pittsburgh Steelers are coming, Baltimore's coming, and Cincinnati's coming. AFC North doesn't look very easy. I'll have you know, when I was sifting through all the, the stories this week, there was quite the story with Pittsburgh, but I'm trying to stay away from old Justo and being biased. That's not a <laughs> we're talking about with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Marvin, you have given the Cleveland Browns a hard time, to say the least, in the year that we've been doing this sports podcast. Do you still maintain the feelings that you have for Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns given the showing that they just had against the AFC champs? Um, no. I've, I'm going to lay off Baker Mayfield. I think he's playing much better than what he he did a year prior. Um, I, I think that week one is is not really a true, doesn't tell the true story of what they can do without the number one receiver. I mean, they have Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry's a great receiver, but you need Odell. You need Odell to complete the receiving core, and that's what I want to see is that connection develop over time, over a course of a season. I want to see what Baker can do with a healthy Odell, and then I can make a fair judgment towards the end of the year. But I really think that he's doing a better job of of managing the game. I think that uh, you know when they force him to throw, he's making he's making better decisions. He's just got to do it at an elite level against a Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, he's got to do it on a big stage. And that is, and, and that's, and, and Baker's going to have plenty more opportunities like that because they're, they're just that good. The defense is good. But they got to be mentally strong enough to beat 
the Chiefs. And that's they, they weren't mentally strong enough yesterday. They had the, the, the lead for a majority of the game. They should have kept feeding Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb fumbled. You know, it's something that you don't see at all. I, I never see Nick Chubb fumble. But that's what I mean. You know, the Browns have a chance of 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 really going to the Super Bowl, but you know, they can't do it if they're not mentally stronger than the Chiefs. And that's just from a coaching standpoint. And that's from a defensive standpoint. Like their players, like with the personal fouls. Personally, I mean, you, you personal fouls across the team. So the Browns just got to work on getting, you know, just mentally stronger over the course of the season if they want to go far in the playoff. Trey, there, there was a, you know, obviously that huge pass, and it, we kind of saw that in both the Tampa Bay game. You know, that that's that's my personal thing. Like, oh god, a minute and a half left. Freaking, it's Tom Brady. Uh, Patrick Mahomes sees Tyree Tyre kill at the way other end of the field and throws it. Of course he does. What sticks out the most to you about this game? I think I think you just said it. I think uh, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, I think Aaron Rodgers. It almost doesn't matter what the score is at the fourth quarter. They're, I mean, they, they'll just work their way back into it. You almost have to play an absolute complete and full get like no mistakes in those quarters in that in the third and fourth quarter specifically if you're up uh i think the fact that odell beckham was with the browns and he was out because he didn't trust his leg or whatever for um at the start of the game i think he's their game breaker jarvis landry is their workhorse receiver but they need the game breaker to make big splash plays kind of like Kyrie hill and pat mahomes have gone on the other side so I think the Browns played an almost perfect game to win. Um, they just didn't make any like extremely big splash plays. You almost have to spot the 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 Brown. I mean, you almost have to spot uh, Kansas City at least two games that are going to just be breakout plays, maybe for touchdowns, maybe for like fifty yards. And because of that, because they have that explosiveness, you have to be able to counteract that somehow. And they just didn't have OBJ do that with. And they'll be fine. Uh, It's the first game of the season. They played a really good game. They played, I think they played exactly the way everyone expected them to play by being too deep at almost every position on offense skill-wise. but like I said, like it almost doesn't matter what the score is as in the fourth quarter if you have Patrick Mahomes on it. I mean, that's how he won a Super Bowl. He was down every playoff game to win the Super Bowl. And that's just what he does. Sahi, we talked briefly about whether or not Tampa Bay had laid out a blueprint for what you need to do to contain Patrick Mahomes. Did you see some of that? Is that what stuck out for you uh, in this game? Did you see Cleveland kind of stepping into the shoes uh, that were laid out there for, by the, the Tampa Bay defense in the Super Bowl? Yeah, we did early, right? Um, they were getting pressure on Mahomes. They weren't really allowing a lot of things to happen early on. And you're right, I was thinking like, whoa, maybe what we did in the Super Bowl really wasn't that special. Maybe this is just how you attack the Chiefs. And then things change and things started to get open. Um, so I feel like that blueprint we we laid <clears throat> is a lot harder to follow than it looked. Um, 
and it just made me realize just how special of a of a victory that was in the Super Bowl, you know. Um, <laughs> but all seriousness, um, the Chiefs they're they're just dangerous. So it doesn't matter how you uh, cover them; you just kind of have to get lucky. Um, and they're just a dangerous offense, you know. They're gonna they're gonna play like that. They're gonna be dangerous. You can be you can play the perfect game. You can be up in one mistake, like a fumble from Nick Chubb, and it's over for you. They're marching right back, and there's nothing you can do really to stop it. But keep playing perfect. But by that time, the I think we talked about the uh, the pressure and the expectations a little while ago. Um, <clears throat> they really crumbled under the pressure. Um, we all knew it was a big game. Um, Cleveland knew it was a big game, and it was the game that they wanted to prove to everybody that, you know what, last year was a fluke in the playoffs. We could have won, but they just didn't. They, they crumbled under the pressure, fumbled, had an interception late. Um, and that's the things you can't do against good teams. Or any team, for that matter, you're going to lose when you're turning the ball like that. Absolutely. Something we haven't done before, and I think will be fun. We're going to go back in that reverse order. These are quick takes, fellas. I'm going to give you a coach's hat and a magnifying glass because I feel like both of these teams have the magnifying glass on them already. Give one of these teams a piece of advice that they need to get to the Super Bowl. You can pick which team. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs obviously have a lot to redeem. Cleveland has a lot to redeem themselves. They were they were almost there last year. They've got a better setup this year. So pick a team and give them some advice, and we'll keep it around a minute, minute and a half. Each. Sahi, what do you think? Uh, pick a team and give them some advice, you said? To get to the Super Bowl. One piece of advice to get. One thing that they you think they can change to get to the Super Bowl. Um. Okay, okay, here we go. Um, I'll, I'll pick the, the Cleveland Browns. They're easy. We're just talking about it. Eliminate the turnovers um, and, and uh, find a way to get OBJ in the game. Um, and when you get them in the game, use them effectively. And yeah, that's going to take you all the way to the Super Bowl. Trey, who would you like to give some advice to? I'll give some advice to the Rams. Uh... Uh, between let's, between let's <laughs> just between Kansas City um, and Cleveland. Oh, Kansas City and Cleveland. Uh, Kansas City. Don't shy away from the running game. Make sure you make sure you establish it early and often, and use that to ex- exploit your lethal passing game. Absolutely, Marvin. You got a coach's hat and a magnifying glass. You need one piece of advice for which one of these two teams to get them to the Super Bowl. Um, Browns do not deviate away from the run game at all. Nick Chubb is what makes the offense go. Um, Baker Mayfield continue to manage the game. The defense should do their part, and you'll end up in the Super Bowl. You need you need a true number one receiver. And Odell Beckham to have really a stellar season, a thousand yard season. And um, the Chiefs, um, the offensive line has to step it up, step it up the entire year. And Pat Mahomes can't run for his life if he's running for his life against the Bucks in another Super Bowl rematch. He will lose again. So that's my advice to both teams. 
Richie, which which team would you like to give some Super Bowl advice to? Okay, I'd like to do Cleveland, but I'm gonna do Kansas City. Okay, Kansas City. Now I saw Tyreek Hill get some love. Now for the next 16 games, Travis Kelsey needs to be involved in the game plan more. Not because he's on my fantasy team and I drafted him, <laughs> but because last year he was almost the leading receiver in receiving yards. And I'd love to see a tight end get it. I love him, and I—I I mean, I love—I love all the tight ends. I mean, tight end is a very underrated position. Uh, but in all seriousness, with losing Sammy, they're—they're going to need Kelsey and Hill to really step it up on offense. And you know, don't get me wrong. If Tyreek Hill goes for 200 yards every game, they might win. But if you get Kelsey and him both doing 120, which is what they're doing last year, uh, that's going to be a, a very successful season, like it was last year. So uh, distribute the ball down the center, like you have been. They don't really use Clyde Edwards as much as they should, but that's what you got uh, Travis Kelsey for. Move the chains and, and let Tyreek do his like long bombs. You know. All right. Very cool. That was cool. We'll, we'll do that again. That was nice. All right, guys, we've got one more story, and I'm so happy that Marvin's second in the rotation on this lineup because, uh, you know, I had to fit him in here somewhere. We're not going to get to talk about the Rams. There was, there was just too many games to talk about. But um, even though we're not giving a full report on Matt Stafford, I do think there's an important story here, uh, something that, that has been brought up on the wire many times. Uh, and and I have to say, I'm not going to call anybody about my name, but I think uh, the Detroit Lions have been blamed um, for Matt Stafford's downfalls, I guess you could say. Well, this weekend, the Detroit Lions, uh, they, they didn't get the win. They didn't have Matt Stafford, but they <coughs> gave Jimmy G and a whole lot of people in San Francisco uh, a sweat fest. It was... San Francisco 41, Detroit 33. I will go through the numbers briefly, some of them here. Uh, Jimmy G was 17 for 25. He had 314 yards and a touchdown. No interceptions. Uh, Jared Goff was 38 for 57. Not very accurate. 338 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, fellas, we're starting with Richie, working our way back around. What do you make of the showing that Detroit had in this game? Is this is this about Jared Goff and the Lions, or do you put put the uh, blame elsewhere? Well, there's not going to be super blame, and I'm going to kind of deflate the fun of this conversation. The Lions did not play well. Um, no. A lot of people don't know that, so let me explain. The game was 38 to 10, and I watched the game because obviously I'm on the West Coast. That was my game. Um, Jared Goff pass the ball to DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams 16 times, okay? So the running backs and the tight ends received 85% of the passes. Jared Goff did not play well. He he was not, he was scared, he was shook, and he wasn't throwing it to the receivers. Honestly, TJ Hawkinson had a great game because of it, because he had opportunities, because Goff was too scared to throw the ball which is exactly what Matt Stafford wasn't afraid to do. We're not trying to talk about Matt Stafford. I'm just explaining what Jared Goff did or didn't do. What he didn't do was throw the ball past 10 yards, honestly. He did a couple of times, but it was to Hawkinson, the tight end, who's six foot four and you know mismatch. I'm not blaming Goff. Obviously, those are the right throws. But the bottom line is this, is he threw it to tight ends and he was dumping it off to running backs. Uh, DeAndre Swift, which is technically the starter, actually had a really poor game, but in the receiving, he did very well. And um, Jamal Williams did well. Uh, I, I, if I'm a Lions fan, I'm not feeling great other than I'll say this. 
it was cool to see them not give up when they're down 28 points. That was cool. But George Kittle didn't get an onside kick and that really swayed things. And the odyssey for San Francisco in general, the, the story for them is not this game. Yes, they almost let this game get away, but Jason Verrett, their starting cornerback and their best player on defense, besides Bosa, it tore his ACL. He's out for the season. That's the, I was saying earlier that the NFC West, one team's not going to make it. I'm already calling it. It's going to be the 49ers. Uh, losing Verrett's can be huge. They're already trying to sign Richard Sherman. That's already something they're working on right now to try to get a cornerback that can really handle that. And they also lost Raheem Mostert. So, like, he's their backup running back, but he's their big body 32 kind of guy. So for San Francisco, the story is not that they almost blew the game. It's that they're in, they just lost their starting cornerback and, and one of their playmakers, and, and they're they're moving the chains third down back. So for San Francisco, that's pretty demoralizing. For Detroit, um, what I saw from Jared Goff is what I saw in LA: uh, a very mediocre quarterback, very mediocre. He had some big stats, and a lot of that came down to San Francisco playing a lot of prevent and playing about ten yards back. And honestly, they, they kind of just slept at the wheel. For San Francisco, it's a wake-up call. And honestly, I really do think for Kyle Shanahan, it's a wake-up call to, to really punch it and, and keep blitzing. You know, Bosa did not have a great game. And I think that was the, the only thing if you're a Detroit fan is you're excited. You're excited about how great your rookie right tackle that should be a left tackle performed against Bosa. Uh, because Bosa's a stud and he... he didn't do anything. Sewell did fantastic. So if you're Detroit, that's what you're excited about. Yes, it was an interesting game at the end and the onside kick recovery was really cool. And then the fumble that happened on the very next possession for San Francisco was great. But that was a lot of, holy crap, they got lucky. And then capitalizing off of it effectively. But the bottom line is this, Detroit's still not a good team. They're not, they're not Atlanta. They're just the second worst team in the league. Whoa. I'm calling it. I'm calling that now, Trey. I'm sorry. Whoa. Atlanta States, no, bro. Necessary, bro. They catch it straight. They catch it straight. Detroit is 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 about as bad as the Atlanta Falcons. Okay, it's about that bad. It's about that bad. And if you're San Francisco, this game was really bad too because this is a game you should have won handily, and now you lost your starting cornerback and one of your, your most important offensive weapons for six to eight weeks. This is this is not a good thing for San Francisco. They have a tough schedule coming up. It, it's gonna be rough, man. I mean, the only thing they're lucky on is they're playing the Eagles next and they run into the Packers. This could be an angry Packers or this could be the week one Packers. We don't know. So for San Francisco, they got some question marks to fill out for Detroit. Get ready for some L's, baby. That's all I got to say. I'm sorry, he and I are right. The Packers aren't showing up all season. I'm just kidding. Mar- <laughs> <laughs> Marvin, does this, was anything proved, any of your old points proved here? I mean, you did say before that, uh, that Matthew Stafford's lack of success had nothing to do with the Lions organization, had everything to do with him. Do you think that without him, they, they were able to put something together here? No. No. Um, I have to go back on that. I mean, it's definitely the it's definitely the organization. I mean, they they're expecting Jared Goff to be the guy, and that's where the problem lies. I mean, uh, Detroit, Detroit, they showed some heart in this game. I mean, but it was done from the beginning. Jared Goff played awful. Um, they're supposed to have one of the best offensive lines in football. You know, with Penny Sewell being drafted. You know, being drafted, you think they would be 
a lot better in protecting the quarterback. But I mean, Jared Goff is uh, is not the answer to Detroit's problems. Um, they're going to, they're, you know, they're definitely shaping up to get that number one pick in the draft because they might be one of the worst teams in the NFL. You know, I was thinking yesterday it would be Houston, but I had this, but Houston showed up and played. <laughs> they won the game. I thought they would get the, I thought they would get destroyed by Jackson, by Jacksonville, but uh, I mean, it just didn't happen. But I think that the Lions are shape, shaping up to have a bad season. Um, there's no true number one receiver. They're, they don't really have a running game. You know, check down Jared Goff. Um, you have, to t- you know, TJ Hawkinson, who is the the focus of the offense. But, you know, you know, there's only so much that he can do. Uh, the defense is terrible. You know, they got 41 points hung up on him. You know, and I feel like that's going to happen a lot this season. They're going to get 40 points hung up on them a lot. You know, so uh, this is a sign of things to come for Detroit. But 49ers defense, um, they, they're going to have to they're going to have to step it up, man. I mean, you you give up 33 points when you know you are in a position to win the game, you almost lose the game. So I think that they'll correct that. It's week one, like week one is always shocking, shocking. In football, you always see these teams play harder than what I mean than what you expect. I mean, because these these are grown men out here. These guys got families, man. Like they're they're out they're out there trying, they're playing. So and it's any given Sunday. So we'll we'll see. But uh, Detroit, they're gonna be trash from here on out. All right, Trey. Now we 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 are talking about the Lions and the 49ers. I know some straight shots were fired. You can respond, <laughs> uh, but is this is this about is this about Detroit being that bad, or did they have a good game and San Francisco had a bad week? What do you make of? Nah, San Francisco let them come back in that game. That game was over at halftime, really, um, and then they came back. But this is just Detroit in Detroit, honestly. I, I, but it was Maxi Stewart, but. They retired all-time great running back, and they retired all-time great wide receiver. I'm glad that they allowed Matt Stafford to get to a place where he could actually display what he could possibly do for an organization that is fully ran. But I mean, it's Detroit. It's I mean, it, this is more. This is come to be what they do and who they are. And not too much more to say about that. I mean, this is what I expected from them. They're going to be. I didn't expect for them to be that bad, but. All right. Is the Falcons the worst team in the league? He's tripping. <laughs> I don't understand why he came in like that. <laughs> I'm not coming at you. I'm coming at the team. Okay. Well, Matt Ryan is awesome. Us. Atlanta. You know, said. <laughs> Atlanta, Jacksonville, and Detroit. They're 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 the front runners. For who's going to be the worst team in the league? Sahi. Down here on the field, I have something exciting for you after your take here. What do you make of the 49ers versus the Lions, first and foremost? Well, it's just one of those games, you know. Those teams are scheduled to play, so they're going to go ahead and play. Um, Neither of those teams, like Richie was saying, has any hope. Um, The Lions, we know, ain't got any hope. Um, but like Marvel was saying, you know, he was, he retracted what he said on Matthew Stafford because he was on a bad team, you know. Um, so swapping out quarterbacks like 
Matthew Stafford's a great quarterback going to a, a pretty good team in the in the Rams. The pretty good team had a very average quarterback in Jared Goff. And that very average quarterback just went to the very bad team in the Lions. So they don't have any hope. They got a game manager managing a bad squad. Um, so it's going to be a long season. Um, I predict uh, the Lions have a few cases coming out of that locker room from guys doing stuff they're not supposed to be doing over the season. That should be a bet. How many Lions players get arrested this season? Because they're going to be that bad. Over under three. Um, <laughs> they're going to have plenty of time to think about how bad they are. Some of them going to be real pissed off. Um, but the, the, the 49ers, they should compete. You know, even with the injuries, they should compete and make it a tough race down there in the NFC, NFC West, you know. But I, like Richie, I don't think they're going to have uh, make it. But who knows? They could. They got right, the well, yeah. I hope out. they compete. I'm with Sahi, though. Yeah. Let's see if they can, man. They're definitely a little handicapped compared to the other teams in that division. Maybe we can uh, maybe we can add a, a, a smaller prize if you can guess how many Detroit Lions wind up in jail. Just put in the comments below uh, this season. Uh, so before we touch briefly on the fantasy f- football, uh, we've got about 10 minutes here. We will only use four of these, um, but I want you guys to make some amends because it's been a while since we played make amends here on the wire. What this means is somebody has caught strays from you at some point in time when you've been talking, and we've, we are one week into the NFL season. Sahi, who would you like to make amends with? Man, who would I like to make amends with over over the course of this season already? Well, I mean, we talked about football in the offseason. You talked about football yeah. last year. You, you fired a lot of shots in certain directions. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I must say this. As a Buccaneers fan, this is how I'm feeling. I'm feeling like the league has to make amends to me until they bring somebody to come to throne us. You know what I'm saying? We can send all the shots we want. So I don't have an amends this week. Yeah, I'm sticking the mm, to the whole league. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I, I should have been ready, but I wasn't. Trey, uh, make amends. I think this is your first time getting to play this. Anybody that that you may have put some shade towards on the air that you'd like to make amends with? I'm gonna go ahead and make amends to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have been. I thought they were going to be down. I thought Ben Roethlisberger was washed up. That defense came through, uh, and Ben Roethlisberger would. <laughs> ben Roethlisberger looked decent. I think Najee Harris is on his way to becoming uh, uh, top top five rookies offensively. Um, so I'll just make an amends for that. All right. Marvin, I warmed it up for you. You don't got to pick him, but I warmed it up for you. Who would you like to make amends with this week? Marv, don't do it. Don't fall for the peer pressure. <laughs> Set up the whole segment just you know what? for you. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going to put on a big boy pants here, man. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make amends to Mr. Matthew Stafford. There you go, Mark. There you go. Stafford. Uh, Richie, hear me out, man. I'm going to make amends to him because I watched the game from start to finish. And I, I'm uh, 
I'm gonna put all my biases aside. Matthew Stafford looked good. I mean, the balls that he was throwing. I mean, some perfect balls. He threw it right on the yeah. money and pre- precise passes. I had Cooper Cup in another league, so I'm a little biased, but I'll put that to a side. I mean, dude would look completely confident, completely comfortable. He looked like he fit. Looked like he had belonged there for years. And uh, I am sorry. Detroit made you look like ass, Matthew Stafford. Mm, Please, please, man. I mean, can you keep it up, Matt Stafford, from us to you on the wire? Could you please do it week two, three, four? And just, uh, you may have a bad game here or there. Could could you just have a, a, be a top five quarterback this year? And then I, I will. I'll never say nothing bad about Matt Stafford again. I promise. That's a big ask. I, I promise. A big ask. Top promise. five, big ask. Well, I mean, there, not five. Five. He could do it. He could do he it. Do it. He's got. He's got the dudes. It's got possible, but top five is. Coach. I don't know. I love defense. him. Yeah, but the, the first drive of the game that fired everybody up. You know, at I first did. y'all should have seen my face because I y'all popped up in the message and y'all like y'all see Matt Stafford. And I was like. Because everybody got hyped. You know, Jalen Ramsey was jumping up and down. I'm like, all right, everybody calm down. Got like three more quarters to go. But nonetheless, he showed out. He showed up and showed out. And he showed why he belonged in L.A. And uh, I apologize. (laughs) Very big of you, my friend. Very big. All right, Richie, let's hear Who you got to make amends with? All right, so 150 quarterback rating for Matt Stafford. He had one good game, but like Marv said, hopefully he'll actually have a whole season. I want the Rams in the chip. I want him to play the Bucks. I want it to happen. I got two people I want to make amends with. One is J.J. Watt, my white boy. All right, I said he was just going for the money. Well, you know what he's doing? He's playing decoy, all right? He's playing decoy for Jones with five sacks yesterday, man. Five sacks okay so jj watt just keep sitting there looking like you're still good keep your name showing so people still block you so jones can do his thing uh and then the other guy i gotta make amends with is jamar chase i was shit talking when he was like dropping everything and saying oh well without the stripes i can't see the ball well he had a heck of a game for his first you know coming out game as a rookie so jamar chase i'm sorry man i'm a Bengals fan I'm super glad to see that Joe Burrow did great. And Jamar was a big part of that, that quite frankly. And Joe Mixon, of course. But Jamar Chase, I apologize. Good job, man. I apologize to Jamar. (laughs) Well, uh, folks, you are watching The Wire. Before we go, I do want to go down these scores. And everybody, we are short on time. So just give me uh, your your thoughts on this week after I give the scores of the Wires Fantasy Football League. We had Bando Bucko, which is Team Sahib versus Prestige Worldwide. The score there was Prestige 122.46, or 122.46. Uh, Bando Bucko 109.66. That's as it is now. Uh, I think these scores are going to be somewhat final, even though there is a game being played as we're recording. Uh, we have Trey's Magnificent Team versus the Beach Bash Party Animals. I think you can figure out who's who. Trey's Magnificent Team, 78.32. Beach Bash, 67.94. Team Justo versus the Diggities. Um, Team Justo is Marvin's team. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Team Justo is my team. Diggities, Marvin, 104 to my my team, 0.78. 81.42, the Diggities. Guys, week one takeaways. We got like 30 seconds apiece. We are at Richie going backwards. Well, I don't know what kind of takeaway I'm supposed to be doing, but I'll t- I guess I'll do a takeaway for my team. 
Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Take, for, for your teams, your outlook going forward. I mean, yeah, takeaway from my team is I, I got a tough week next week against Marvin, quite frankly. Uh, my schedule looks kind of tough. A lot of my big studs are playing some really tough teams. So even though I happen to score a lot of points this week and could have scored more if I played Antonio Brown, um, I, I'm, I'm in a little bit of trouble. I think my flex is going to be a little weak. And uh, DK Metcalf is going to have a tough game. AJ Brown's going to have a tough game. Those are both my starting wide receivers. And I have to make the decision between Kyler Murray and Russell Westbrook. That is not uh, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Russell Wilson. Go with wow. Westbrook. Get, get in sports. Go with Westbrook. <laughs> uh, it, I, have, I have a depth, but at the same time, it's depth and where I don't want it at the moment. I, need, I really needed it in the wide receiver and running back. And it's going to be a little challenging. So I'm a little concerned, but my team is stacked for sure. Marvin, how are you feeling looking into week two? Um, feeling confident going into week two. That was a good win. Um, for uh, what's your team called, Justin? Team Justo. <laughs> yeah. for the team Justos. Uh, they played well. Um, but no, nah, I mean, fantasy, you. You, you know, you good. You're confident with your team. You can't, you can't panic. You know, you can't get, you know, you can't get too high or too low after week one or two. It's all about resolve. But going in uh, week two, it's going to be a tough matchup going against a prestige worldwide. I mean, and they're loaded. Um, so, I mean, uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, the Diggities, their team of resolve, they're the champions, and they'll bounce back next week. All right, Trey, what do you think going into week two? What's your thoughts? Going into week two, Aaron Rodgers better step his game up. These three points that he gave me is not going to cut it. I need more from Aaron Rodgers, okay? In another league, I only got one point for him. So that's my thing. Like Aaron Rodgers better get his thing. Can we cuss? He better yes. get his yeah. thing together. He better get shit together. That, there you go. Oh. I've been My saying that since I've been saying that since 2011. <laughs> oh, Super Bowl! Oh, he so went from being MVP to three points. <laughs> I take, got Sahi. three points. <laughs> Quick take. What's your What's your thoughts? Um, it's only week one. We took that L. You know, I had guys on my bench that could have got me the dub this week. We'll just have to, you know, what I'm saying, see the trends in the league. You know, what I'm saying, and keep fighting this. So we got a long haul to go. Awesome. Well, I'm in it for fun, so that's my thoughts on it. This is, it was a good win, but you guys are listening and watching The Wire. Thank you so much. Remember, we're doing giveaways at 200 and 500 subscribers or listeners on Spotify, so make sure you go over and check that out. Apple Podcasts will count for the same. Facebook, YouTube, The Wire Sports Podcast. Follow, like, smash that notifications bell. We'll see you next Wednesday and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. You have a good night. We out, baby. Ooh.